Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So we wrap up the series today, last of the series called The Gift. Um, the Holy Spirit is the, that series that I jumped into, gosh, right after Labor Day, I guess, and I uh, really enjoyed that series. And thank you so much for all the compliments and questions and everything that God did through that series. But today I want to finish it, put a bow on that, and then we jump into the Christmas season. Today, I titled the message today simply, To Your Advantage, To Your Advantage. And I want it before I jump to that text, I want, to, I want you to, there's a lot of scriptures. So here's the first one I want you to go to. Go to 1 John. I mean, go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Don't go to 1 John. John chapter 1, verse 32. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and, it, and he remained on him. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. You have to understand that when that happened to Jesus, it never left him. Only person ever, ever that the Holy Spirit landed on him, came on him, and it never left. Pretty incredible. So I want to tell you a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of characteristics of the Holy Spirit, but one we don't talk about a lot, and that is the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Did you, I mean, if you're like me, sensitive people drive me a little crazy. Y'all got those friends? I'm like, I don't know if I should say that because, you know, they're real sensitive. They may get their feelings hurt. As you get older, it's really difficult to be around adults that are sensitive, Really hard, okay? Because you kind of have a little more patience with children, but you don't with adults. And especially being a man, and I have a very highly sensitive man. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, I don't even know what to say around you. Because they're real sensitive, because you have to be very careful that you don't offend them or hurt their feelings or they take it wrong or they can't take a joke. And, and I, I suffer from a, a really bad problem, and that is sarcasm. And, and, I, and I, uh, I've got, I got friends, I got friends out there. So sometimes my sarcasm is not taken well. You got to kind of know my heart and behind it and that kind of thing. And so my wife is really not a fan of my sarcasm. I don't know a wife that is, but it's, 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 and so you know sensitive people, but here's one of the things you have to understand. The Holy Spirit is really sensitive also, really sensitive. And so here, I want you to show you a scripture. Ephesians chapter four, go to Ephesians four. Ephesians four, verse 30. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day 
of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, many of us are very comfortable with the fact that we can kink the hose of the Holy Spirit. So like, if we're the conduit that the Holy Spirit wants to do his thing through, and there's stuff in our lives that kink the hose, we get that because it's a little more easily uh, visible. So if you've ever had a water hose, and some people just flat funny with water hoses, by the way. Water hoses are whoop your tail, okay? And so if you've ever tried to work with a hose that's been kinked, it's pretty bad, okay? And so a water hose can get a kink in it, and you can turn the water on, and you could hear the water go through the water hose, but you're holding that end of it going, seriously, that's all you got? I mean, there's nothing, And so what you have to do is you have to go back upstream and unkink the hose. And when you do that, the water comes through. The Holy Spirit can be the same way. We can kink the hose. Sin will kink the Holy Spirit. It'll kink it. Shut it off. Shut it off. And sometimes if you've ever worked with a water hose, you know what you have to do to a water hose that's uh, got a lot of kinks in it? The best thing to do with it is untake it off the faucet and lay it on the driveway when it's about 105 degrees and let that sucker get hot. And then you plug it so you hook it back into that water hose and then you retrain it. You retrain it. Sometimes God has to put us in a fire because there's some stuff in our lives that need to get burnt off. There's some areas of our life that our water hose, man, is kinked up. And sometimes he calls himself the refiner of the fire. And he'll put, he'll put you in a fire. And we don't like the fire because we think we're so good. We're perfect. We're the best thing in the world. And God says, no, I don't like some stuff about you. Your edges are bad. They rub people wrong. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put you in the fire. I'm going to take some stuff off of you. And sometimes the kink, it's pretty visible sometimes. Even some of our friends see the kink. And that's not so hard. But see, this is not talking about that. This is talking about grieving the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, how, how, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question because I want to show you in Scripture how you do that. Look at the verses that follow that, verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let me talk to you a little bit, real honesty. I'm real honestly about grieving the Holy Spirit. You see, I I carry a, a hat called the senior pastor, but I carry the first hat as a man. My name is Jeff. I'm Brett and Allie's dad. I'm married to Melissa. I'm the son of Donnie and Cinda Ponder. I'm more human than anything in the world. And sometimes we stand up here sometimes as men and we get put on a pedestal. And you understand something, scripture applies to us. I had a pastor that I served with one time who said he was called to preach the word of God, not live the word of God. Mm. Even at 30, made me nervous. I don't even know if I wanted to be in the room with him because lightning hurts. And so, 
But I wasn't going to tell him that because at that point, I didn't know exactly how to word that. And I liked electricity and I wasn't in the beaten fired at that point in my life. So we worked through that. So, uh, but I want, I want to tell you something. So grieving the Holy Spirit, let me teach you about grieving the Holy Spirit. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you don't lose the Holy Spirit or you don't lose your salvation. Once you're saved, you're saved. But when you grieve the Holy Spirit, you lose the anointing in your life. You say, well, if I'm not a pastor, I don't need the anointing. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. So we had a, a situation happen at my house about um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And so I want to I wanna set it up by telling you a story about two different birds. They come from the same family, but they're not the same. A dove and a pigeon. Dove and a pigeon come from the same family. But you've seen pigeons. Pigeons, you can make all the noise you ever wanted to make around a pigeon. It ain't not going nowhere. You can make noise to try to get it to go away, and it won't go away. It'll just sit there and poop, all right? Because that's all they do. I haven't figured out anything else they do besides fly. So a, a pigeon, a pigeon is not bothered by loud noise. But a dove, on the other hand, doesn't like loud noises. You can walk out of your house and a dove fly away. You can shut a door loud and a dove fly away. Anything can happen and a dove can fly away. So I want to tell you something happened. So Melissa and I were getting ready to go to dinner one evening, and we have two precious dogs, London and Sydney, and we have a new cat, okay? Now, the cat's named Phoebe, okay, from Friends. If you know Friends, it's named Phoebe, okay? So we have Phoebe. Phoebe is going to be an outside cat, but still today is an inside cat because not big enough to go outside because uh, coyotes to get her. So we've decided to let Phoebe stay inside and hang out with us, stays in the garage at night. So one evening, we're going to dinner, just Melissa and I, on a wonderful romantic dinner. And so me, on the, uh, me help, trying to help a situation, my wife is at the back door. We're letting our dogs in, go out to use the restroom and everything and then come back in. Well, the cat goes out with them because the cat finally now probably thinks it's a dog. And so we're trying to let the animals in. So the dogs come in, but we hadn't got the cat in. So we're trying to open a door again to let the cat come back in. And so Melissa is between the door and the door frame. And I'm over here on the side and the cat's right here. Well, the cat figured out, I mean, the dogs are right here. So the, the dogs figured out, well, Phoebe's still outside. Maybe I should go back outside. Well, no, that's not the game we're playing. We're playing the game. You stay inside and the cat comes inside. Well, I want to shut the door, but my wife's between the door and the door frame. So it's not very wise the husband shut the door. So I'm wanting to do something, but I can't do it because my wife's there. She's doing what she thinks is right, and I'm doing what I'm about to think is right, but it is not right. And so, so we're kind of hung as married couples. Well, I know we're one flesh, and we should be on the same page, and, and God reminds us, hey, you're one flesh, one voice, one, one, one ear. I'm like, whatever. You ever got married, God? And so... Uh, uh, <laughs> And so I'm trying to have this thing, and we're, I'm hung. I want to do something. I'm a doer. And so I was sitting there, and then the cat runs out, and then the cat comes in, and the dogs go out, and, and finally I'm like, just come in the house, and I'll get them. <laughs> well, you're my pastor, and that's a terrible example. Uh -huh. It's an atrocious example. And I thought I was just totally in the right. Did I not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so as all good wives do that want their husband to be built up, they just yield 
to our ego and our arrogance and our pride to let us think we've done something. So I'm out there trying to call a cat. You ever try to call a cat? You can't call a cat. I want to go to dinner. I'm hungry. I'm kind of got the, the hangries are kind of setting in. And so we finally get them all in. Then we get to go to Applebee's, and it's just a, just a wonderful setting. The atmosphere is delightful. We're just, uh, just can't think of anything else to talk about, okay? And so it's tension, the whole meal. The only thing attracted to my wife on the way to the restaurant is her phone. It's not me. So we go to Applebee's. All right, we order. It's tense. You've been there. We leave, come home. It's tense. The next morning, I get up to go study. I walk in my office about 545. It's quiet. I love mornings. I said, God, meet with me. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's like, yeah, thanks for the invitation, but we're not going to come today. We're not going to come to your house today. No. Mm-mm. Well, I got nothing that morning. Probably one of my worst mornings studying. Because every time I looked at the Word, and every time I wanted to get into the Word, nothing. 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 So I go home that evening, and I tell my wife, I'm very, very, very sorry for my words, for my actions, and I kissed her on the cheek, and I said, tonight before we go to bed, we haven't taken communion together in a long time, and I feel we need to do that. So I got the bread and the juice, and we took communion, and I, it just kind of restored it all, okay? So the next morning, I get up, and on Wednesday mornings, I meet Paxton for breakfast, and I get there about 6, and Paxton comes at 8. Working on that, all right? Seriously, he takes his kids to school first, which is a beautiful thing to do. But he probably wouldn't have been there before that anyway. But, but he takes the kids to school, and then he comes. So my wife, while I'm sitting there before Paxton gets, about the same time Paxton walked in, I get a text from my wife, and it has no words, really. It just has a picture. And we have a, black, a back fire bed, and it's uh, got raised stones. It's got some trees in it. It's real pretty. And uh, it is covered with dove. And her caption said, the dove came back. Mm. And I said, and I hope they never leave. And she texts back, me too. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. See, some of you may say, well, I've shot a shotgun and 30 minutes later, Dove came back to the same pond. What's your point? Listen, <laughs> what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit came down from heaven like a dove, and remained on him. When I use words like that, the dove fly away. Wasn't no part of that. But when I love my wife and speak to her like Christ loved the church in a way that would honor him, the dove's welcome in my home. For some of our homes, 
ask yourself the question, is the Holy Spirit there? Is it welcomed? Or am I doing anything that would impede it and keep it away? Sometimes our actions can grieve the Holy Spirit. Our words can grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, like a dove, fly away. And folks, let me just be honest with you. You can't do life without it. You can't do marriage without it. You can't do nothing without the Holy Spirit of God. I want you to look at the scripture, John 16. Go there with me. John 16, 7. It's an incredible question or statement that we sometimes read right past. But from the very beginning of the series, I knew I wanted to end with this. I want you to look at John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You catch that? Up until this point, they've been walking, talking, and hanging with Jesus. He'd been doing miracles, feeding 5,000, raising people from the dead. He'd been doing all kind of stuff. He looks at the same crowd of folks and says, I'm about to go away. But here's what I want you to understand, guys. It's to your advantage. Now, I'm sure each one of them said, whatever, that's not to my advantage. You need to stay here and keep doing this stuff. This is awesome. No, I'm not staying. Because here's what's going to happen. John 14, 12 says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. He leaves the Holy Spirit to us. He says it's going to be to your advantage and that you'll do greater things than I did because I go to my Father. I always was jealous of Moses, but I believe Moses is jealous of me. Because Moses talked to God, but I have God in me. He had to go up on a hill. He had to go through a bunch to hear God. God walks with me daily. God speaks to me daily. God lives inside of me daily. Is it to your advantage? Here's a big question. Big question for each of us for Jeff, for each of us. Has it been to your advantage? Has it been to your advantage? Jesus goes away. He ascends to heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father. He leaves a Holy Spirit for us. And he says, it'll be to your advantage that I do this. Here's the question. Has it been to your advantage? Some of you are looking at me like, I have never, ever, ever entertained that question. I know. Me neither. I'm 52 years old. I've never seen it. But listen to me. It better have been to my advantage. 
I have the Holy Spirit of God in me, the power in me. It needs to be to my advantage. Let me ask you this. How has it been to your advantage? As a dad, has it been to your advantage? As a mom, has it been to your advantage? As a student, has it been to your advantage? Has it been to your advantage and how? He said it will be to your advantage. It's all you ever needed. It is the power. It will guide you into all truth. It will lead you. It will direct you. It will, it, it, it will illuminate scripture. It will enlighten things to you. It will show you things that have not been seen. You will see things. You will do things through that power. Has it been to your advantage? For many of us today, we don't, we'd have to answer no. Has the Holy Spirit been to your advantage? Has it been to your advantage in your marriage? Listen, I enjoy meeting with couples. I don't necessarily enjoy meeting with couples whose marriages are in trouble. But what marriages that are in trouble need to understand that I might play the role as a senior pastor counselor, but the Holy Spirit is the best counselor you'll ever have. And I would love to see more marriages absolutely take advantage of what's at their disposal. When I did that to Melissa, I crushed her spirit. I crushed it. You know what you can do as a man? You can just let it stay crushed. You can. You never have to say you're sorry. You say, yes, you're supposed to say you're sorry. Many men don't say they're sorry. And you sure don't have to go in there the next evening and break the bread and put it on a little plate and take two shot glasses, for what they really are. We take communion with them and pour grape juice in them and go to my wife who's sitting in her bed in our bed which was very uncomfortable the night before, by the way. Tempur-Pedic, I mean, I need a refund on that one. But I made it uncomfortable. And I gave her bread, and I took my bread, and I held her hand, and I prayed for us. I thanked the Lord for the bread, for the broken body, and I prayed for us. And then I took the juice and put it in her hand, and I took the juice. And we prayed for the blood, and we took the bread, and then the juice. It has to be a to our advantage. We have to win. You don't have to do that, but you should do that. The Holy Spirit absolutely, absolutely needs to be our, to our advantage. And if it's not, it's a shame. <laughs> it, it's a really sad a shame to us. So has it been to your advantage? And how has it been to your advantage? I'm going to ask one other question. Don't get asked very often either. Has it been to the advantage of the church? <laughs> Jesus gave the power to the church. I want you to look around and think about churches today. And ask yourself a question. Has it been to that church's advantage 
that they have the power. Because most things that we see in church today don't need the power of God to do. The power of God we need alive and well in church today. We need to walk out of church amazing and all. We need to walk in the church and meet with the king and feel his presence and and feel his spirit move. And we need to see miraculous, incredible things in church because people can't get well anywhere else, my friend, but in the church house. Yes, they listen, they may migrate to the bar, but the bar is not going to make them well. They may go back to work and work themselves silly because they don't want to face where they're at. But listen to me. They've got to have a place to come, and the refuge and the place to come is the church. The church must be the place of healing. It must be the place of uh, redemption. It must be the place where people are restored. It must be the place where people have hope. It must be the place where people are loved. If the church doesn't have the power of the Holy Spirit, we're in a mess. And I'm afraid that many of our churches today do not have the power. They don't have the Holy Spirit's presence. They don't even talk about the Holy Spirit. And that's a a shame. We need the church to have the advantage in it that the Holy Spirit brings. Acts 1.8 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. I promise you this. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your life, you will be his witness. And when the church gets in on the Holy Spirit, it will be a witness. It will be a witness. This series was simply called The Gift The gift is about the Holy Spirit. The gift is all yours. It's all mine. What I do with the gift, it's up to me. What you do with the gift is up to you. How you use the gift is up to you. If you use the gift, it's up to you. Where you use the gift, It's up to you. How much you use the gift is up to you. All those questions about the gift are up to me and up to you. It will not change the gift if you choose to use it and do stuff with it, but the gift will change you. Listen to me. You can decide and choose how much of the gift you choose to use, if at all. Listen to me, you not using the gift or choosing not to use the gift will not change the gift. It'll still be the Holy Spirit. It'll still be the power. But I promise you, that gift, the Holy Spirit, will change you. It'll change you. It will change you. You see, the question is not when did I get the gift of the Holy Spirit. The question is when did the gift, the Holy Spirit, get me? That's the question. You see, I know when I got the Holy Spirit, I got that at salvation. If I got any more, I would have blown up. When I was saved at 10 years old, dude, I received the Holy Spirit. God came inside and lives inside of me. But I can promise you, 
through middle school, high school, and in the college. I had the Holy Spirit, but it didn't have me. But when I finally realized that the Holy Spirit wanted to take over my life and do through me what I could ever think or imagine, and I surrendered and let the Holy Spirit be boss in my life, it changed everything. It changed everything. So I'm not asking you when you got it. That's not the question. That's not even a good question. The question is, when did it get you? When did the Holy Spirit take over every room in your house? When did it take over your life? When did it become the boss? When did everything that you do run through the Holy Spirit? Because I'm going to tell you something. When I crushed my wife's spirit that evening, and I tried to waltz myself as a pastor into my office, being all spiritual and sat down and opened the Word of God and wanted God just to unpack the Holy Spirit on me and, and the anointing of God to flow down my head, my beard, and down my robe. And he just, no, nah, we're not having that. Because if I let you get away with that, you'll do it again. And the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, no, no, that's not the way we do this thing. You crush your wife for your words, and you quench the Holy Spirit. And it'll stay quenched until you treat your wife like I, I love the church, until you go back and you apologize to her and you make it right. You let her know what your words did, and you restore that fellowship. And when that fellowship is restored, then our fellowship is restored. But don't think that you and I can have all this buddy system fellowship when it's broken here. No, no. We're not doing fellowship here if it's broken here. So you need to get that right. And when I made that right, and when I continue to make it right, then that continues to open the Holy Spirit to come and flow through me constantly and uninhibited, may I say. Someone asked me a question one time and said, Pastor Jeff, do you pray? I said, you bet I pray. When do you pray? I said, I pray all the time, but I start each day with a prayer. What's your prayer sound like? So I jotted down my prayer, gave it to a little kid one time that asked that question, and I want to read you my prayer each morning. Now, there's other things I pray about. Specific days, there are things I intercede and, and pray for other people about, but this is, this is my prayer each morning before my day begins. God, fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit. May Jeff decrease and may you increase. May there be less of Jeff and more of you. May they see you and not Jeff. I pray that I would see what you want me to see Hear what you want me to hear, say what you want me to say, and do what you want me to do for your glory and only your glory and never mine. Amen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away. The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. 
Church, please understand the gift is yours. You can leave it in the box. You can leave it wrapped pretty on the shelf, but it impacts nothing up there. Take the gift of the Holy Spirit, open it up, and take advantage of everything the Holy Spirit has for you. It will grow you like you've never grown, stretch you like you've never been stretched. It will do more in and through you than you could ever think or imagine. And it will. My promise to you, it will change you. It will change you. But please, don't rob yourself in saying, I'm not going to take that gift because I'm really not sure what's in that box. And it could be really, really weird. And if I open it up and it's weird, then people are going to think weird of me. If it came from your father, it won't be bad. Can I just tell you that? If it came from Jesus, it won't be bad. So maybe for the first time in your life after this series, you need to ask each morning for the Holy Spirit to freshly fill you and to guide you and direct you all day long. And here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to do things and see things and minister in ways you've never done before because God's going to put people in your path and you're going to see them the way he sees them. And you're going to speak and you're going to pray over people and you're going to have a word for people and it's going to be beautiful. So jump in on the Holy Spirit. Get all of God you can get and let him do all that he wants to do in your life. And my promise to you is you won't be disappointed. Never. Let him take you where he's never taken you before. You can trust him because he's a good, good, good father. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We love you, we love you. Thank you. Thank you that you did depart, that you did go away because when you went away, you left us the best thing in the world. The best, the best, the best is what we got. And we got the Holy Spirit to lead us each day, to guide us each day, to direct us each day, to illuminate the word each day, to help us see things we've never seen, hear things we've never heard, do things we've never done. God, you use us incredibly. God, I pray that we grab hold of the Holy Spirit like we've never grabbed hold of it before. And we may not know everything about it. We may not be able to fill in all the blanks, but we know this, that if it was a gift from Jesus, it's got to be good. And God, I pray that my church, your church, grabs hold of the gift and uses it and just lavishes themselves in it and says, thank you for the greatest gift And that's the Holy Spirit. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And during this invitation time, God, my prayer is that if there's anybody that's sounding my voice that needs, needs a Savior named Jesus, they've been on the outside looking in, that they would come this morning and say, I don't know everything I need, but I know I need Jesus. And they'd give their life to you and be born again. I pray that someone today that needs to just take a next step in the Holy Spirit, God, they would come out unapologetically and grab hold of the Holy Spirit, the gift. God, I pray for that family that's looking for a church home and says, oh, there's a no doubter, this is my church home, that they would come this morning. So God, during this invitation time, I pray, Father, you would move, you would speak, and we would be obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 